0: I, yes. pre- I appreciate you sitting down to do this interview and I've got to tell you I was smiling the way over here because you know I've done a number of these I'm probably am the least prepared for this one than any I've ever done <laughs> and I don't prepare much in general and I th- there's actually a compliment in there yeah. because you're always so upbeat and positive and generally happy and passionate about what you're doing, I don't have to do much because I just kind of kick, kick you off. And when you start talking about what you do, you get excited about it and you're passionate about it. And so my job is really easy. But for those that don't don't know, you haven't known you a long time, and uh, just kind of just give us a little background. Uh, where'd you grow up? Your background story, a little bit. How'd you get to where we are today? Well, I, I
1: was born in Midland, um, and uh, nine I moved to McGregor, and that came to Waco. I've been here ever since, and then I went to uh, college at, at Texas Tech, Yeah, and basically after that, and you know, I played a lot of athletics, of course, yeah. and won't get into that, because that's a, a whole different story, but anyway.
0: But it is a part It's for those that don't know, it is part mm-hmm. of your story in that uh, much of what you do here, at least from my observation, in managing people and all, I can see the correlation, and I also know you do some, you've done a lot of coaching and training mm-hmm. and all that, and it's not part of your day job, right. uh, and you're really passionate about that, and they, they to correlate really well, i mean I to see that. So, you obviously yeah. have a background in team sports, football, yep. and uh, yep. I, I know you've done, some, you've done some, I don't know what all you've done, but I
1: know you you've played football I played. For I played football at Tech, and then, um, golly God, so many years ago. Um, I was I was there in Bum first year. Um, with the Oilers? I, uh, with the Oilers. Uh, What'd you I, play, I, I was a wide receiver yep. at that time. It was a lot bigger, a lot younger. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, but anyway, I, I, you know, after that, then, um, you know, it, it wasn't the same as it was yeah. as it is today. You know. Um,
0: uh, so, did you tell me the other day? And I've known you a long time. I don't think uh-huh. I've missed. Did you tell me the other day that you were involved in martial arts, sport, kickboxing, something? I was, what was that? Uh, I never heard that. Night.
1: I guess it was '78. Could be '78, '79. when the United States Open um, in uh, in Taekwondo. And, and karate, you know, and uh, we had it in Fort Worth. In fact, Joe Lewis and um, um, uh, you know was one of our judges. Oh. And uh, but but there again, that's.
0: You know, Why did it not you over the years if I'd known that you we we're, we're right. trained? Yeah. Also, know you you can hit a golf ball, country mile. You play golf. Used to. Used yes. to.
1: <laughs> no, I, I mean I still play golf, but used to. Used to. You know, uh, we were, you know, I was on a long driving tour with Maurice and. You know, and, and and you know, many more. And it, I think it was more the club than it was maybe. So, yeah. anyway, but but yeah. I, I, so I have a background in athletics. You know, I'm helping my son coach uh, last year at Rocker, yeah. and and uh, but but you know me. Uh, when it comes to coaching, it's all about the athletes. It's yeah. all it's all about what they have between their ears. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the skill of what they do and stuff is still controlled by the four and a half inches in that space between their ears. And so. Yeah. Um, you know, I work a lot on that. Yeah. So, uh,
0: but I was talking, As soon as you said that, I was talking to someone just this week, uh, we were talking about managing and running businesses and things, and, and it kind of dawned on me at one point in time that, uh, to a lot of degree, the skill set, that the things that you're taught and learned in your industry really becomes a commodity. Mm-hmm. It's the part that we're talking about today, the managing with, working with other people. That's the graduate school yeah. of stuff. It yeah. really is. Yeah. The knowledge of whatever industry you're in is really kind of that sort of level becomes commodity. There's a lot of people that can do that. Right. But uh, that other part, is certainly the more challenging part, yeah. uh, just for, for context for those that don't know uh, about the operation here, um, just give context as far as you know a little bit how, what your role is here. How, you know, how long you've been doing it, but more right. importantly, you know, just kind of size either in volume or number of people managed they get, when we start talking about managing people and some of the concepts that I know you're so passionate about, how big an operation is that contextually in? You know, I know we talked about the you work with. Well, I mean,
1: we work together as a team here, as you you know, and I don't know, I want to say that all the time, but as you know, um, but, you know, we have, you know, um, we have uh, 57, about 47 that, that, that I have, a really, chance to touch, and they touch me, yeah. and it's kind of a—I um, call it the uh, PC balance, and it's production, uh, production capability, and I even use, you know in coaching it's the same way. I mean, you're not going to take a lineman. I mean, you're not going to take a receiver and put a lineman, take mm-hmm. a, a lineman and put a receiver. Mm-hmm. So you want production. I mean, that's what you try to get, but you also want to put people in a place that they can produce for you. Yeah, and and so uh, mm-hmm. and then on the manager side, you know we. Here, and, and I'm sure elsewhere, where they're always um, uh, considered leaders, and that's what we do. Then. Because, see, as you know, the definition, I'm real sticky on your own words and stuff, but the definition, a manager is somebody that tells you what to do. A leader is somebody that teaches you what to do. Yeah. That's And so he, it, it here. So here, what we try to do is we try to teach you what to do. And, and from teaching you, then that's where the trust comes involved.
0: So from a title perspective, or organizational chart mm-hmm. perspective, I've always referred to you as being the sales manager. Uh-huh. But is it more of a management position, or uh, yeah, because your your sales are point of sales. You have mm-hmm. okay, so you have this is a distribution center. You have mm-hmm. uh, warehouse workers. You have mm-hmm. delivery people. You have sales people. I'm not sure exactly how that works, but you consider this more of a sales manager job, or is it more of, uh, you Warehouse know, managers is kind of all encompassed because how you do, how you do your chain.
1: Right. You know, it, it's it's kind of like the partners, okay. okay. Um, and I, I'll just use this example. Somebody came to me and they said, you know, they said, okay, so, you know, I'm accountable to you. We're, we're really here on uh, people that they're accountable to is yourself. You know, because okay. basically you have to have you have to have structure, okay? Well, structure fine. But like, you can't ever force them to come to work. You can't ever, you can, you can tell them to come to work. Yeah. You, you can, but it's up to them if they show up or not, because that's that freedom to choose. Yeah. And so the thing about what we do here, or what we strive to do here, is to get people to understand it's like, look, you have a role, I have a role. Everybody has a different role. And so it's up to them what they want to do with that role from that point. Because uh, it, when you actually trust somebody, they really don't have to come to you, because they know what to do. Mm-hmm. And then if they know what to do, if they don't do it, then basically they just didn't want to do it. Yeah. You know, that's what it boils down to. So in, in answering your question is, I don't really, I, I think that when you have a sales manager aspect of it, you, you have that as an organization chart. But the meat of it is actually them making the decision yeah. to do what they're taught to do. Yeah.
0: You see yourself more as a coach than a manager. Mm-hmm. sounds like the coach the best side of How long have you been at this particular company doing this? Going on four years. Forty. 40 years. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's twenty-five. That's. Yeah, four years. Uh, April twenty. April twenty-third. Wow. Yeah. One of the things that I thought about, and and um, like I said, I've watched and listened to you talk about this for so long. Um, the the Stephen Covey training uh-huh. that y'all implemented here—how did that come about? Mm-hmm. And, and your role in that.
1: Well, I can tell you what I remember. I'll put it this way: it's just been about 25 years. Um, you know, our owner at that time, you know, he, and, uh, they, have, they were looking for a mission statement, and uh, and basically, a mission statement is something that governs your life when nobody else is looking. You know, it's easy when people are looking all the time. And, you know, uh, that's a, that's easy to do it. But and I always use the analogy of when people are at Pullman Store, they have a 100% sell call sales call and when they walk by uh, uh, a six packs of beer on the shelf or whatever um, you know they're supposed to front the can Mm -hmm. well nobody's really looking at them so when they walk by you know they see it because they look in the corner of their eye but are they governed by the hundred percent sales call Mm -hmm. you know like and and I'm I'm told you the little things that matter yeah so little the little things will always turn into something big because they're not going to go away See, see see in general we look at the little things, but we already have an end in mind, heaven number two. We have an end in mind that that is not going to go away. It can get better, or it can, or it can turn the other way. But we want to be proactive, which heaven number one. Anyway, we want to be proactive and, and write the script. We want to be able to do that.
0: So how, so, did, it, how did you get started in this process? Where did the seven habits come from?
1: Well, it, uh, it, how it started was basically I went to Houston, from Houston, and I just got a little tidbit on it. And then I had, and then they sent me to Palm Springs, uh, you know, to come up with a mission statement. So was so
0: something like that, that the, the local company was doing, or Anheuser uh-huh. Busch. Anheuser Busch was. Well, Anheuser Busch was form. put
1: was putting the um, uh, the seminar together. Okay. The process. For all their distributors. That's right. For yeah. all their distributors.
0: Back to the so it was an Anheuser Busch mm-hmm. uh, program right. that they offered yeah, they to, for, to their distributors. Mm-hmm. And so you started attending those. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. and you started out by the, the owner, uh, at the time, sent you to, hey, this seems like a good process to come up with a mission statement for, for the business.
1: That's where it That's started. Right. And yeah. I
0: remember you telling me at one time that it kind of hits you personally mm-hmm. first or something. And I don't know if the seven habits so know, but some mm-hmm. of those foundational things, it hits mm-hmm. you kind of personally, and you, you had to do some self-awareness things, it sounded like, before you could kick off on it. Is that oh, true?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's true, and, and you know, that, that could be another program, but I'll, I'll just I'll shorten well, it real quick. It. We're not, I can tell you, we're not uh, getting get through uh, seven uh, habits. You've been on this thing for years.
0: We might break it into a few yeah. segments, but it's now, important stuff.
1: No, I, I can tell you that when I went through the first uh, uh, foundation prim- principles and, uh, of one and two, and basically all that is is, 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 is is acquiring the background getting in before you get into the habits. And it's so this is to lay the foundation, self awareness before you can start building a and, 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 no and, and what it does is it makes you it, it you acquire self awareness, and you start to really look at what kind of person you are, because it's it's made out of, of two things, personality and character, and it's like an iceberg. You know, those you are the two. The, what are
0: the two foundational
1: things? That's what it is, personality and character.
0: Personality and character. Okay. And
1: and it's like an iceberg. Your character is below the water. This is what you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the personality is what people see mm-hmm. is the tip of that iceberg. Well, really, it's it's down here, mm-hmm. and and you have to start. And once you understand that you were a character, instead of, instead of developed character, then you start to really see yourself in a different light. And then when that hits you, then you're like, I, you know, I need this. I need to learn this. I need to mm-hmm. teach this. All the kind of stuff comes in. And I remember calling back and talking to. Friend of mine here, and I said, I, "Are you sure you want me to do this?" <laughs> <laughs> about to get real. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and they said, "Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we need for you to do that." And and uh, you might want to ask them today; they might regret <laughs> it. No, no. It, it, it was very enlightening. It was very enlightening, and uh, it, it it really helped me, it helped my family. Um, you know, uh, hopefully, it helped other people that they didn't have put up with me the way I was. Because when you start to face the way you were. You know, it was all about I win and everybody loses because that's all I knew uh, when I was an athletic
0: back your competition. Yeah, you know,
1: that's what it was. It was a winner, I you know? a loser. Now it didn't, it didn't cut out the competition. You yeah. always tell people before, you know, it's like our athletes, when I work them out, mm-hmm. you know, they go, well, we'll coach, you. You, you, you're saying you just don't want to win. And I said, no, I want to win, but not at all costs. Yeah. Not the sacrifice of the athletes, not the sacrifice of the other team. Uh, but, I, but I think that's where a lot of uh, a lot of people miss out. It's, they think that if 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 you're not, if you're not teaching, um, you know, a certain way, then you're not competitive. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes, you know, people get caught up in the score so much, or scoreboard, or, or whatever, whatever in their life, and they lose sight of the fact that, at, at just not at all cost. Yeah. You know,
0: so. But. Sounds like it's very much that principle of on the airlines of when the oxygen masks come down. That's what it You is. have to take care of yourself or you can't yep. really help other people. Yep. And they start there. That's pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, You gotta, that foundation's together, you're really not gonna be, mm-hmm. well, I think because probably whatever you're, will be trying to convey or teach other people it would be authentic. Mm-hmm. And people can tell it's fake anytime, so yeah. it wouldn't be authentic. So you gotta be, you gotta have that base before they see the tip of the iceberg. So I
1: would, I would, I've been fortunate at this company to be able to uh, be around some Hall of Fame uh, players yeah. and, and some of the things that they've learned over the years. And I remember uh, Peyton Manning, and uh, uh, we were in Nashville, and he said, you know, and, and we tell our athletes today, um, uh, wanting to win doesn't make you a winner. Refusing to fail makes you a winner. Yeah. Failing it, all, all that is, is uh, feedback. That's all it is. You know, the only time that you fail is when you actually accept that. But if you look at it and you go, "Okay, well, this didn't work. Okay, so what do we do? What do we need to do from it that here? You know, what can we do to make it work?" And then, of course, and then you know, you get into habit number
0: four. So, what what did you do in that moment when you realized I've, I've got to do some self work here before I get further down the road? How did what had that process go?
1: You, you just start to learn the habits. You start to learn them, and, and, you, and you you start to study them. And then how they relate to you, and and it's it's a it's a whole plan. It's, you know, I, I remember when I came back, it was like, you know, they were like, you know, what is this a cult, this religion, or whatever? You know, and I was like, no, no, it, it has nothing to do with that. It, you know, it, it has to do with you got to search yourself. You got you got to you got to develop character in your life. You got to come up with your own mission statement. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I, and I mentioned you do this before at home. You know. I have a mission statement uh, that I want to let, help people live their life out loud in a synergistic approach, and and you know it's not your idea, my idea, but it's our idea collectively. So we can come up with uh, think win win. To, together we can come up with with a solution, and we never look back. You know, if, if if something doesn't seem like it worked, we just we we don't say it didn't. We just say you know what yeah. uh, we proved what didn't work. We wouldn't have yeah. never known that.
0: Yeah, You know, listening to you talk, I was thinking how I've kind of described you in this process to others the years as I've observed you. It reminded me, one of the guys that trained me, taught me that since it's important, you build a system around it. Mm -hmm. And it can be a simple system, uh, but it can be as routine. It can be, but if it's important, you build a system around it. And so many times, it seems people talk about these things in life, the soft skills, the personal development, like, you know, it just doesn't have that relevance of importance. But I'm thinking... It really is, just, when you mentioned, is this a someone you were so passionate about, is it like a religious experience? And i described it as more, no, I think it would be more like a template that I've seen you use, this training, this philosophy, to the seven habits of, it's, it came out of the book, right? Seven mm-hmm. Habits of Highly Effective People by yep. Stephen Covey. Yep. So it, it really became a template, from which I've seen you process all kinds of decisions. Mm-hmm. It seems like to me, it's a, you've got a, a template. When you're at the job, you're using that. When I, when I heard you talk about working with athletes, it's a template, but I, I kind of think it's like a template used for nearly any decision. You know, mm-hmm. I can just see you kind of processing that. Someone cuts you off in the intersection, the accountability, you know, I can just see, you, you applied it to so many situations, and I can just mm-hmm. see you running through those. That's number four, that's number three, mm-hmm. that's number two. Yeah. And it just becomes a yeah. way of life, it's a philosophy yeah. that you live yeah. your life by, right?
1: Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah in fact um, you know a lot of times when you use it when when it, it it's not so much it, it is you yeah. you know it is you it's your own thing it, you, you 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 process it, you yeah. totally change and when you do that it's it, it's very challenging because once you acquire it, um, you want to be reaffirmed that you're doing the right thing yeah. but you're in a minority situation yeah. because I was fortunate to be able to have that kind of teaching yeah. Um. Uh, you know, a lot of people aren't. Yeah. And so it's you know, it, it's very smart. And yeah. and when when uh, when because I know because I was one of them. When you're into an excuse-driven organization or or wherever you're at, if you're in an excuse-driven, you have to be able to recognize that. And the first thing you need to do is apologize. Yeah. Hey, what did I do to create? You know, it's like our leaders here. You know, w- when they deal with their team. The very first thing I have them do, or I ask them to do, is when they come in there and uh, before they say anything, the first thing you do is say, "Okay, so what did I do to create this situation? What what did I do? Okay, and you got to look at yourself and you got to say, what did I I do?' That person's
0: accountability is tough, though, man. I don't like that. (laughs) 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 This is something else,
1: and that's what I'm saying. It's 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 a it's a something that's on the character side. It's building that up because. When, you, when you're vulnerable, you're really powerful. Yeah. And, and it's, it's totally opposite because, you know, there's some people that, that think they, if they give up power, it shows weakness, yeah. and it really doesn't. Yeah. I mean, it is the most simplest thing you've oh, ever yeah. seen in your life. Yeah. Because you get down to what the truth is, because if, if you could take somebody and you can go, hey, 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 let me tell you something, this is my fault. I, I didn't do a good enough job explaining this, can you help me explain it? Uh, can we go through this? And once they repeat you and you you go through empathic listening, and, and, you know, then then basically what happens in the deal, they'll come up with what it is. And then when both parties are fine with that, then if they go out and do something, then the only thing that we know for a fact, if they understood it, they just didn't want to do it. Yeah. And and, th- and then and then from that point, you can come in. And, and, and help them, but but you but when when somebody goes out and, and especially in today's world, you look in today's world how fast it is. Okay, we, we have a tendency to put people out there. Oh, we got to hurry up and get you out there because why? We have to have production. Yes, and so <laughs> they weren't totally taught, but yet we're going to hold them accountable for it. Mm-hmm. And it's and, and when you look at it on on, on the surface, it's like, man. Yeah. You know, we blame what. what they, hey, they're gonna get blamed anyway. Yeah. But yet we tell them what to do, and then we tell them it's their fault. Yeah. And, and, and I don't. You know, there, there's a bunch to it, but we try to stay within a culture here.
0: Before we get into, and I think I'm already see. I really want to. This for all selfish reasons. I want to do a, little, a deep dive on this. You walk us through, and we'll do it more than one sit down. But if you were personal testimony is the most powerful sales tool I think mm-hmm. there is. If you were trying to convince me or others, the value of this taking on this mindset, using this study, whatever you refer to, mm-hmm. how is it? How has it affected you? Um, at work, at home, you know, how would you? How would you explain to me the the difference that this made? This process that we're talking about has made in your quality of life, your work life, to the extent you want to talk about your home life. I mean, mm-hmm. how beneficial has it been as opposed to if you hadn't done it? Stress. How, how, big a, how, how big a difference has it made, Gary, between the, Gary, the, the path that Gary was on and the path? And I think yeah. people refer to it as a couple yeah, yeah, of religious experience. Yeah. It sounds like it kind of was a crossroads yeah. for you. Yeah. How, how much difference has it made in relationships and all of that?
1: Yeah,
0: well, I'm just going to tell you,
1: I, I've never been this happy. I mean, I, I, I can't. I have been competitive my whole life. If somebody beat me, I'm playing them again. Yeah. I mean, my kids know that when I was, if I just played basketball in the backyard with, with, with adults who came over, it, 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 we never got out of it. I mean, cause it's just, it's just how it was, yeah. you know? And I, I didn't know any different. I mean, and, and, and that's no excuse. It's just the fact that that's what it was. And then as, as, as I acquired this, which, you know, to me, it's your relationship with. In, in my situation, you got to look at it, and and you know, let's uh, put first things first. it number three: put your big rocks first. You know, God was instrumental in my life. He was always there, but it was just it just enhanced it. And and this isn't a religion thing. This is just my own personal. And then my family came into play.
0: Really building your value set. Yes. It, well, it it's yourself. it's that
1: it's that character that's underneath the yeah. water that you're in control of. Mm-hmm. You know, you're totally in control of that. And you can do good things, or you, do, or you can do things that that you know society says good or bad it doesn't matter. But the point is, you 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 are proactive. The first habit, you know, you write the script in your own life. You don't let anybody else write that. You you understand that's your script, and you take full responsibility for it. So what I'm trying to tell you is, my stress level went straight down. I don't worry about nothing. I mean, I, I'm just telling you because. All you are there for is to help people live their life. Uh, in, in, you know, in, in a controlled uh, atmosphere of saying, when they come to work, hey, hey, this is your role. What do you need for me to support you? What do you what What do you need from me? What do you need from me? And then, you know, it's just I, I just I can't explain it. It's just, uh, my wife. Would tell you it's like day and night.
0: You know. Uh, what, uh, a famous author, author wrote a book um, and it was on fear. Mm-hmm. And uh, he defined fear as, I thought that was really, really helpful. Fear is perceived loss of control. And, uh, yeah. you know, you think about so many circumstances, the thing that gives us the most anxiety, the things that, the things that are most important to us, us losing control of. Mm-hmm. you know, love like your kids fear for what happens to them, which mm-hmm. you can't control. Or right. you know, you get a diagnosis and you're not gonna know where that takes you. So when you talked about uh, there a minute ago about your the mindset makes you feel like you're in control of certainly your response to what happens to you mm-hmm. and you're the happiest you've ever been. I think mm-hmm. that's a correlation because you're you don't feel like things are just happening to you. Yeah. Things happen to you but right. you can control how you adjust and how you perceive them, and that you're not just out there blowing with the wind. Right, and that's a pretty important thing. And, and ultimately, it brings happiness. You know? Yeah, and there's a lot of unhappy uh, people out there. You know, and I, that's why these discussions are important. Yeah, um, I was just with someone that was talking about their child's problem they have with their child, yeah, grown child, and yeah. how much worried there are for them. You know, and it's just it's just a lot of that out there. You know, well,
1: it, and like you brought up control. You know, um, again, <laughs> stick around. Control—it it, it is a fact, but control is the second step. You know, because the first step is understanding that you got the freedom to choose. That is the one thing in your life that nobody can ever take away from you. I mean, you can give it up. There's no doubt. I mean, you can give it up and say, "Here, you choose for me." Okay, but you gave, you still gave that up. It was your cho- choice. Right. So that's what I'm saying: is is as long as you understand, you got the freedom to choose then you can, re- you can choose to control or not control. Like, you can choose how you feel about which way your kids are going, what church you go to, where, where, where you know, uh, time. at work. You, yeah. But but to understand that if you make that choice and something happens, you have to look at yourself and take the responsibility yeah. for it. And, and that's hard for people to do really Personal responsibility. Yeah. And I'm not saying nobody does it. I'm just saying, uh, you know, I, I struggle with that. I struggle yeah. with that because uh, I'm no different than anybody else. When I, when I drive down the road and somebody is driving, you know, under the speed limit or whatever, you know, I think the same thing everybody else does. I mean, I'm no different. The only difference is yeah. I come back to reality and say, you know, this is my freedom to choose, and I choose to go the other way. Now, there are there have been times that, that I went, you know. It's my freedom to choose how what I say to my wife, but I know what the consequences are going to be. But I say it anyway, <laughs> and I go. But but I know that's my responsibility. Yeah. You know I did it. So you know. So I'm let, going to let's
0: live do a teaser it. here. Let's start with. You already talked about the foundations. hmm Let's just talk about principle number one. hmm Give us some insight. What is principle number one?
1: Okay. Underlying factor to it, so that way it'll be it'll be short to the point. It's basically be proactive. You write your own script. You, you, you write your own script. You, you you get up and you say, today I'm going to be better than I was yesterday. Okay? So how am I going to do that? Okay? So then you're going to have it number two. So so it's it's a, it's a simple, I mean, there's a lot to it, but really that's what you do. You just, you start to recognize that today I'm going to be different than I was yesterday. Because we all know that the world turns. We know that. I mean, we sleep and we get up. Well, understand that if you're not better today than you were yesterday, you're behind because it's already turned. And so when it turns, you cannot be behind. You've got to understand you're going to have challenges the next day. You have to understand that. Mm-hmm. Because if you go into it as nothing's going to happen, first of all, you're not going to grow. Because those challenges are opportunities. That's all they are. And they're just feedback into where you want to go. You know, what are you going to do today to, to, to help somebody else? You know, it's, it's broken out into four things. It's physical, mental, social, emotional, and spiritual. And we call it weekly plans. And during that time period, that week, you're saying, okay, physically, okay, I'm going to go up and get up in the morning and work out, or right? you do push-ups or whatever.
0: Or get proper sleep or whatever it is. Whatever it is.
1: Yeah. And, then, and then mentally, take care of you know, I'm going to read the Bible or I'll arm or, I'm, or, I'm, or I'm gonna do something. Uh, I'm going to learn something on Excel, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Socially, I'm going to do something for somebody else, okay? Emotionally, I'm going to do something for somebody in my family. Mm-hmm. And then spiritually, it's whatever you believe. Um, you know, and and now you have a balance. You have a balance where you can make good decisions based on your choices, your freedom to choose during that day. So, there's having number one.
0: Is that the habit that starts with when you walk in the building? I'm one time. You had a routine when you walk in the oh, building. i do it all the time. It's, yeah. You say
1: yeah. So, so, it doesn't matter what happened at home or whatever. When I hit that back door, I go shut down.
0: When you, when like you hit the back door leaving the when house? No, when coming into here. It's, it's showtime. Because You're on people, stage. People don't need to. It's game time. It's game time. And what does that mean? That Practically, is, what does that mean?
1: That means when when
0: you, when you at,
1: at first it's an attitude. See, a lot of people say that you can just change your attitude. Well, that's fine, but in some situations that goes away. It has to become you. You have to understand is that you can turn it on and off, that you have the freedom to choose. When you open that back door you go anywhere, it's your freedom to choose how you're going to respond, and, and people today they don't need you are, they don't need your problems they got their own absolutely you know and so what you do is you're you're going in there to listen you're going in there to if if, if you've made a commitment to yourself you're going in there to help people that's what you're going to do yeah. and so and you have to be the same you have to be consistent because it has to become you yeah. and, and that's where the challenge. is. You know, and and, and and like I said, I'm no different than anybody else. I, I have, you have to work. You have to work at it. And even though all these years, these twenty five years, and it becomes you, and like, you know, I, I, you know, I can recognize this, recognize that. I can recognize when I get off course. I can recognize how to pull myself back. You know, and uh, but it, you have to want to do it. And and it's you know, it's an individual choice.
0: Well, let's leave it there. Okay and we're gonna pick up on habit number two. And okay. We're gonna kinda of work through them over some time, and then I'm gonna get you to talk about some applications and some situations that have come up over the years where you've you really had to, the discipline to walk back through there and how it resulted. Because I'm, I'm really interested. I think it would be helpful for me and be helpful for other people. Okay, We'll pick it back up. All uh-huh. right, thanks. Well, I thank you. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, I appreciate it. it. Thank you. Thank you.